Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Well, I didn't know it was some sort of super special sauce, Gavin. I had some McNuggets. I needed to dip. Why are you so angry? Ass. The following podcast contains... Profane or really offensive. What sort of profanity? Just profanity. Vile words. They were all bombed out of their minds. Yeah, the profanity bothers you. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you said no one knew what everyone knew, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, October 13th, 2017 Harvey Danger edition of the show, where we talk about how Hollywood royalty still believes in Prima Nocturne. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Viral Vinny's Casting Professionals. How are you doing, ladies? Want to be famous? Then Viral Vinny can help you attain your dreams. Swing by our office located in the trailer next to Wanda's Truck Stop Cafe and wear something sexy and easy to take off. You know what I'm saying, right? Viral Vinny knows all the people in the business. Not necessarily Hollywood types, but he does know a guy who owns a video camera. So we could shoot some screen tests. Right? Right? Viral Vinny's is looking for the next sexy girl to become a star. So stop by today. Oh, and if Vinny's mom answers the door, just ask for Vincent and just say you're, you're his girlfriend. A chick who's blonde, has boots, sweet ass. I've always wanted to bang an Asian chick. Great sense of humor, well toned, nice lips, petite. Oh, and uh, she has to like anal play. This is fucking phenomenal. I've never produced anything. War films love sluts. I should probably go tanning. I just came to watch the explosion. I'm Lindsay Griffin. I'm Chelsea Morgan. Kristen Fox. Taylor Hawkins. I'm Kimmy. Alex Taylor. Hi. Dallas Mitchell, reading for the role of Brooke. I think I could get into casting. Creating a fake movie is not going to make girls want to date you. I guess I'm just a lucky girl. Oh, shit. I almost just kissed you. I'm getting wet just thinking about it. This is getting out of contrizzy. The casting didn't say anything about nudity. We aren't casting for their talent. Oh, sex in the eyes. I enjoyed that. It's my first lead role. Or so she thinks. Fuck yeah! It's a terrible idea. I'm sold. Hook, line, and sinker. Nail in the coffin. Sign me up. I want to eat her pussy. You know, when times are hard, people are lucky to have a place to turn for solace and comfort. For centuries, there was, of course, the church. But over the past couple of decades, we've come to learn that maybe the church isn't filled with the best of people. Perverts, you know? 
Fortunately for us modern Americans, we have other institutions to offer sucker and the delights of fantasy, where good, clean, wholesome fun can be found and nothing could ever diminish its shining glory. We have Hollywood. Movie and TV producer Harvey Weinstein has been forced out of the company that bears his last name, the Weinstein Company. Now, this news follows the damning report in the New York Times detailing numerous sexual harassment allegations against Weinstein spanning decades. What? A powerful Hollywood mogul is a sexual predator? I can't believe it. But yes, pod friends, Hollywood producer and power broker Harvey Weinstein is accused of sexual harassment and assault in a pattern of behavior that goes back pretty much to when he started in Hollywood. Here is the short list of big names who've spoken out against Horny Harve. Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie, Ashley Judd, Rose McGowan, Heather Graham, Rosanna Arquette, and Mira Savino, just to name the names that I recognize. These are not the names of women who did not make it in Hollywood and are bitter, you know, bitter, that thing shitty men say about women when women speak the truth about them that they don't want spoken in public. These are accomplished people, successful in their careers. And along with these notables, a slew of other women in varying degrees of Hollywood accomplishment spoke out as well. Some detailing incidents where Horny Harve was more than just suggesting they give him a rug and rub and tug, but forced himself on them. You know, that's a nice way of saying he raped them. One young actress even went so far as to file a police report after Harve went a groping on her in New York City. The NYPD's special victim unit in the criminal justice system Sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. No, Gavin, the, the real one, not the one with iced tea. Anyway, they captured Harvey on a wire pleading for a little something something from a woman who didn't clearly did not want to give anything to that creepy old fucker. What do we have to do here? Nothing. I'm gonna take a shower. You sit there and have a drink. Water. I don't drink. Uh, and can I stay on the bar? No. You must come here now. No. Please. No, I don't want to. I'm not doing anything with you. I'm, I'm not embarrassing you. I'm sorry. I, I no, cannot. No, yesterday was a kind of aggressive for me. I, I need to know a person to I be touched. I won't do a thing. I don't want Everything, please. I swear I won't. Just sit with me. Don't embarrass me in the hotel. I'm here all the time. I sit know, with me, but I, I don't want to. Please sit there. Please. One minute. No, I, ask I can't. You. Go to the bathroom. Please, I don't want to do something I don't want go to. Go to the bathroom. Come here. Listen to me. I want to go downstairs. I'm not going to do anything. You'll never see me again after this. Okay? Unfortunately for her and the rest of the women of Hollywood, the Manhattan DA did not find enough evidence to press charges. Because, like some other people I can name... <laughs> Trumps, <clears throat> money talks, and criminal charges walk. Harvey Weinstein was born to Max and Miriam Weinstein in Queens, New York in 1952. He and his brother Bob would go to Hollywood in the 1970s and found a little film company named after their father and mother, Miramax. You might have heard a little something about this company. They've done a few movies over the years. They were responsible for releasing some of the most defining movies of the 1990s and the launching the careers of some critically adored Hollywood names and some other dude that just went in a, guess, a, a, a different direction. Did you see that shit, man? I know they were just kids, but we kicked their fucking pubes' asses. 
Miramax partnered with Disney and became the preeminent independent film studio throughout the 90s, darling to the film festival circuit, and made Harvey and Bob power brokers in Hollywood and beyond. In 2005, the Weinstein split from Disney, largely around a dispute over the distribution of Michael Moore's film Fahrenheit 9-11, and they formed the Weinstein Company. Think about that for a minute. Harvey Weinstein was powerful enough to tell Disney to go fuck itself and get away with it. Obviously, you do not know who you are dealing with. No one fucks with the mouse house. You will wake up with Walt's frozen fucking head in your bed. But Harvey did it and was still successful. That's the kind of power we're talking about here. And Harv is also a big player in Democrat politics. Weinstein money poured into Democratic coffers for decades. Clinton and Obama took his money, and Harv got his picture taken with D.C. royalty. Malia Obama did an internship at the Weinstein Company last year. Dude, I don't know if that was a good idea. Yeah, you gotta wonder what kind of conversations are going on in the Obama family te group text about right now. Not that I think that anyone would be stupid enough to mack on Malia Obama like Harv likes to mack on a young actress, but still, you gotta say, Jesus... How freaked out must Barack be right now? They're probably holding him back. So the rest of the Democrats are scouring their donation logs trying to offload Weinstein money exactly like the Republicans ought to have done last year when their candidate was outed as a serial sex offender, but, you know, went ahead and elected him. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. This is political because in 2017, everything is political. A goddamn Starbucks order is political in 2017. The Democrats are horrified they associated with the kind of man who routinely harassed and assaulted women with impunity, and for some reason, the Republicans are making a lot of hay about it too, which, um, excuse me, aside from your president, Bill O'Reilly much? Roger Ailes much? Come on. I don't even want to get into that side of the whole situation because it's fucking even more stupid than the routine level of idiocy I'm dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. You see, Harvey's problem wasn't exactly a secret. Rumors of this behavior swirled around Hollywood for almost as long as Harvey has skeezed around Hollywood. Rebecca Traster of the New York Magazine wrote, quote, the conversation started when I was a young editorial assistant at Talk, the magazine he, Harvey Weinstein, financed in 1999. Back then, it was with young people, friends, women and men, who worked for him at Miramax and told tales of hotel rooms, nudity, suggestion, and coercion, and then whispered payoffs, former assistants who seemingly dropped off of the face of the earth, unquote. Kim Masters, editor-at-large of The Hollywood Reporter, said she'd been chasing this story for years, only to have sources dry up in fear of Weinstein. Ronan Farrow's story in The New Yorker that details so much of this shitty behavior was kiboshed by NBC News as, quote, unreportable, unquote, just a month ago. Harvey Weinstein had incredible power in Hollywood and beyond, and he bought silence from his victims through payoffs, non-disclosure agreements, and from the press through book deals, movie offers, and legal threats. Everyone knew. Oh, even if they didn't know, they knew 
Hollywood is a small town, and I mean literally, it's the size of a small town. According to the Motion Picture Arts Administration of America, the film and television industry in California employs roughly 143,000 people in movie and TV production. The vast majority of those people are on the mechanical and technical side of filmmaking. On the acting side of things, the best guess that I could find was maybe 20,000 actors. Again, this estimate is as rough as government toilet paper. Note, those numbers do not include actors and film crews not working in Hollywood proper. I couldn't find even good guesses on the number of producers and directors, but as these are higher power prestige positions and they are money positioned, you can safely infer their numbers are quite small, but hey, I'll be generous and say a few thousand. Let's just say Hollywood, the Hollywood side of Hollywood, is 25,000 people. It's a small town by numbers, and Hollywood is clannish and insular and very gossipy. And so you cannot tell me that no one knew that Harvey Weinstein was a fucking predator. Well, when you put it like that. From the New York Times article that began this whole landslide, quote, from the outside, it seemed golden. The Oscars, the success, the remarkable cultural impact, said Mark Gill, former president of Miramax Los Angeles, when the company was owned by Disney. But behind the scenes, it was a mess. It was the biggest mess of all, he said. He added, referring to Mr. Weinstein's treatment of women. A lot of Hollywood A-listers are shocked. Shocked, they tell you, to find raping going on in here. No one will come out and defend Harv directly, except for, you know, Lindsay Lohan. You're not helping. But several notable names made some statements of innocence and ignorance that may or may not be factually correct. No, but it's Miramax, so I'm sure it'll be Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. You know, they put them in a bunch of movies. Rose McGowan, who alleges she was raped by Weinstein, publicly and personally called out the aforementioned Mr. Affleck on Twitter, stating Ben not only knew about Harvey, but supposedly told Harvey to knock it off with all the raping. That's literally the least you can do. And then Ben turned around acting all surprised. And then Ben got called out publicly for grabbing boobs that didn't want to be grabbed live on television. So, you know, he might not be the best one to defend old Harv either. Rose McGowan also publicly shamed, of course, Matt Damon, Russell Crowe, and Casey Affleck, who's got some trouble of his own, and for her trouble of speaking truth to power, got her Twitter account suspended for a reason unknown, but I bet that I can think of a few. Now, of course, for his part, Horny Harvey has apologized, but he's also said he's not, quote, doing well, unquote. Really, Harvey, not doing well? You systematically harassed and assaulted two generations of actresses, and you're not doing well? Harv also got a little myth that people are not supporting him. He did took a jab at Hollywood A-listers, many of whom have turned on him in recent days, saying, quote, and you know what? You know what? I've always been loyal to you guys, he told photographers, adding, not like those fucking pricks who treat you like shit. I've been the good guy. You've been the good guy? Harv, Harv, no. Fuck you. Oh, but Harvey had an excuse when he said, quote, I came of age in the 60s and 70s when all the rules about behavior and workplaces were different. That was the culture then. Yeah, motherfucker, you didn't step out of a time portal. You lived in the world while the world fucking changed. But I will tell you one thing. You're not wrong that the rules were different back in the day. Why, once upon a time, this shit would never have been happened. It would have been taken care of long before it hit the papers because the studios had people for that. Which brings us 
to our way back. Find your way back. Find your way back to our heart. Find your way back. Find your way back to our Our way back this week finds us at Rancho Rochero, May the 5th, 1937, where MGM Studios' Louis B. Mayer was hosting a massive, quote, convention, unquote, for MGM's East Coast salesmen. You know, the guys that went out and sold the movies to the theaters. MGM had had a very good year, so Louis threw them one hell of a party. Quote, it will be a stag affair out in the wild and woolly west where the men are men, unquote. And the party would be replete with dancing girls and hostesses to keep the 300-plus crowd of drunk and rambunctious sales cowboys happy. A young, aspiring actress named Patricia Douglas took a job as one of the hostesses. She was not exactly told the job would come with the expectations of entertaining the salesmen. And at the party, she attracted the attention of David Ross, a roly-poly 36-year-old Catholic bachelor from the Chicago sales office. After Spurney's advance several times, Douglas finally slipped outside for some air where Ross found her and then pinned her in the back seat of the car and raped her. Reportedly, Ross said, make a sound and you'll never breathe again. And he also said he was going to destroy her. And when she started to pass out while being raped, Douglas slapped her in the face and said, cooperate, I want you awake. What happened to Patricia Douglas was sadly not particularly notable, but what she did afterwards was. Patricia Douglas pressed charges. But the Los Angeles District Attorney was the beneficiary of major donations from Louis B. Mayer, so that whole thing didn't very much work. (coughs) Cy Vance Jr., (coughs) you did not press charges in Hollywood in the 1930s. It just didn't happen. But this, however, is not a story about Patricia Douglas. It's a story about the guy Louis B. Mayer called in to clean up this mess Eddie Mannix. Joseph Edgar Allen John Eddie Mannix was a general manager and vice president at Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios. Eddie's job was to keep the books, but not to fund to produce the movies. His other job was to clean up the messes movie stars and executives made. Eddie was born in Fort Lee, New Jersey, and was widely considered to be a gangster. And if he was not technically in the mob, he knew the mob well enough. Mannix, along with Howard Strickland, MGM's head of publicity, handled the reputational problems of the studio and the actors that worked for it. And Patricia Douglas's case was definitely a problem. Compiled from the myriad sources in the show notes, this is a direct quote. So began the blame the victim smear campaign unparalleled in Hollywood to this day. Operatives of the Pinkerton Detective Agency, the nation's oldest and largest security services company, were deployed to track down every girl on the guest list and strong on her into towing the party line in studio-sponsored interviews. 19-year-old Virginia Lee assured reporters that the alleged orgy was actually a, quote, jolly unfair affair with lots of good, clean fun, unquote. Grace Downs, a bottle blonde from Pittsburgh, portrayed Douglas as an unrefined lush who swigged scotch from a quart bottle all night. 
Sugar Geist, a 27-year-old Corrine whose stage mother socialized with Baron Fitz, described a prior sighting of Douglas passed out in the Knickerbocker Hotel Bar. Anyone who knew me knew I didn't drink, countered an indignant Douglas. And since when is getting raped good, clean fun? At her trial... Things did not get better. Quote, forced to recount her rape in detail, Douglas had to watch Lester Roth, a Silberg law partner representing Ross, appoint at her with withering scorn and say to the jurors, look at her. Who would want her? It should come as no surprise that Ross was not convicted of rape. So Douglas filed a civil suit in Los Angeles County, which she lost. She filed another civil suit in federal court, which she lost. Patricia Douglas never worked in Hollywood again, and the entire thing was buried because Eddie Mannix made it go away. If it hadn't been for a reporter in the 90s who dug it all back up again, we wouldn't know about it now. So I guess old Harvey Weinstein needs him an Eddie Mannix, doesn't he? God, Mannix cleaned up more than just rape. In E.J. Fleming's book, The Fixers, Eddie Mannix's Howard Strickland and MGM's publicity machine, it says, quote, if fans knew that Gable fathered an illegitimate child or ran over and killed a pedestrian of his car in the fall of 1993, uh, 1933, according to legend, if Wallace Beery was known as a murderer, if Garbo was known to be an active bisexual, the results would have been disastrous, unquote. But wait, there's even more that Eddie Mannix did. When Mannix learned a female drug dealer associated with the gangster Lucky Luciano was indeed selling drugs to Judy Garland in the 1940s. According to Fleming, Mannix had another gangster threaten the drug dealer with being tossed from the highest point of an amusement park Ferris wheel. The dealer immediately disappeared from the MGM lot, unquote. Mannix cleaned up the messes for the entire stable of Metro Goldwyn Mayer's glitterati. Tallulah Bankhead, Gary Cooper, Charles Langston, Cary Grant, Gene Harlow, Robert Taylor, Barbara Stanwyck, Nelson Eddy, and Jeanette McDonald, Mickey Rooney, and so, so many more. And Eddie Mannix was, Mannix was just one of the fixers working in Hollywood during its golden age. Eddie Mannix was just a bit more overt about his role in cleaning up messes, including his own life. I mean, dude, Eddie probably killed fucking Superman. Well, you know, George Reeves, anyway, who was having an affair with Eddie's not wife because he was never married and he left his actual wife whom he also had killed in a car accident. Not that we can prove that, but then George Reeves started sleeping with his with the, the woman that he was having an affair with that he killed his wife over, but he was living together with his wife. But then they, George Reeves left his wife, not wife, and then George Reeves killed him. God, it's so fucking confused. Just Eddie Maddox killed fucking Superman. He probably had a kryptonite bullet. Look, seriously, if you want to know more about Eddie Maddox, listen to You Must Remember This Podcast where Karina Longworth does a far better job of telling you about this. The link to the Eddie Maddox episode is in the show notes, but listen to all of them. Even if you don't like movies, and I'm not a movie head, it's fucking amazing. The movie industry is replete with tales of rapes, assaults, intimidation, harass, ostracization, blackballing of women who dared to speak up about what was done to them by the Hollywood elite, both behind and in front of the camera. So when Harv says he was a product of a different time, maybe he should have dialed that clock back just a little earlier. But really, what it means is that Hollywood has always been structured this way. Good grief, it's a fucking cliche, the casting couch. What Harvey Weinstein did, excuse me, allegedly did is what men did for the entire history of, of Hollywood and I promise 
are still doing today. Do you want to know the real reason why Hollywood is so quiet about Harvey's behavior? It's because everyone else is doing it. The reason why you never hear open condemnation of Weinstein from the other power players in La La Land is that Harv could name fucking names if they did. It's a conspiracy of power and money that is infecting Hollywood. It's not, no, it's not infecting Hollywood. It is Hollywood. For fuck's sakes, it's everywhere. And while women are the overwhelming majority of victims, let us not forget that Hollywood is a tolerant place where gay men can find acceptance, position, and power so they can sexually harass too. I believe in equality. Just as Terry Crews and James Vanderbeek. Dude, someone sexually harassed Dawson. The silence of the victims is no different than it was for Patricia Douglas, because if you talk, they will destroy you. They will destroy your career. Make sure that lunatic never works in this town again. <laughs> and let's be clear, this is about power. All sexual harassment and assault is fundamentally about power. But in Hollywood, where power is the fucking shirts on people's backs, the kind of power to lift up an unknown to fame and riches or tear them apart with whispered words makes Washington, D.C. seem like fucking Mayberry. The wine scenes of Hollywood feed on their power. They revel in its infinite limits. And being able to fuck young actresses is not the end that they seek. It's a perk. It's like a fucking gift bag in an award show, or like all the free drugs. They're not raping a human being. They're indulging in the power they possess because they can, because they're there. They don't feel remorse or guilt for what they are doing to another human person because they do not see these women or men as human persons. They're not they're commodities. They're fucking an ambulatory investment property that they can obtain or dispose of at their whim. Harvey Weinstein wasn't raping an actress. He was taking a car for a fucking test drive. The rules of Hollywood have always been those in power are untouchable. They cannot be told no by anyone who does not exceed them on the scale of Hollywood power. The very idea of someone like a young actress telling them no to anything is absurd. It doesn't happen. No one tells them what they can or cannot do until they have enough money, influence, and power to pose a threat to their career and reputation. Then, well, things are different, aren't they? No one is going to ask Meryl Streep to watch them jerk off into a potted plant today, but I'm betting Meryl saw some producer spunk on a rhododendron back in the days when she was just starting. It's not just Harvey Weinstein who's the problem. The whole fucking system is out of order. Batman is a slime. He is a slime. If he's allowed to go free, then something really wrong is going on. Mr. you are out of order. You're out of order. You're out of order. The whole trial is out of order. They're out of order. That man, that right, crazy, depraved man, raped and beat that man, and he likes to do it again. He told me so. And if Hollywood is the worst offender, it's not the only offender because women everywhere experience this every goddamn 
damn day. It happens in Iowa too, folks. In your real estate office, at the TGA Fridays, at your doctor's office, at the elementary school. It happens to your wife. It happens to your daughter. It happens to your mom, to your grandma, and to Aunt Lulu who makes the fucking jello salad everyone hates on Thanksgiving. And you can do something about that because unlike you what happened with Horny Harv, you see it happen and you tell the tiny dick prick doing it to knock that shit off. Oh, and one more thing. Stop bringing up your wife and daughter to commiserate. I can do it. I don't have either one. But when you say, I have a wife, I have a daughter, this is horrible, you ought to be able to stir up some fucking compassion for another human being, which the last time I checked, all women are. I'm not so sure about Harv and the other reptiles who are out there sleezing around and doing the things like Harvey Weinstein has done. That is it for our show this week. Honestly, every day starts the same way now. I wake up in the morning, I make some coffee, I log on to read the news and spend the next 15 minutes just letting out a primal scream of anguish and despair. It's not the sound of ultimate suffering. I figured that's the sound that people in Puerto Rico make are making right now while their government ignores them because they think they're Mexican. They're Americans, Don! Also, do you have a scary story? Wow, that was a bad transition, wasn't it? Do you have a scary story that doesn't involve, you know, being raped by Harvey Weinstein or living in a hurricane-ravaged land? Like a scary story about ghosts or spooks or haunts. I want to hear those because I'm sick and fucking tired of talking about the real monsters that fucking live in this world. I want to talk about the fake ones. So send them to me at whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com or call our listener line at 347-687-9601 and we're going to use them on the spooktacular right before Halloween because I am sick and tired of doing these shows about awful awful things, and I would like to talk about the dead coming back from the grave. Sadly, I'm terrified that between now and then, the actual dead will come back from the grave to haunt our asses for the sick shit that's going on. Hey, if you are looking for a way to to share your deep existential despair with others, you can rate and review this show wherever you get your podcast, because that's how we rise in the ratings. And more people can howl their suffering into the night, just like me, while they listen to me. For the rest of my whimpers of pain, follow the show on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. All the shows are at www.whatthehellpodcast.com and the show name on SoundCloud. So for me, Dave Bledsoe, producer, but not on the Hollywood way, Gavin, and all the official studio drones on this show, I want to say... I had visions that I was hard and looking into the mirror just to see a little bit clearer the rottenness and evil in me. Sadly, I don't think Harvey Weinstein has ever done this. We'll see you all next week.
Seltzer Kings Podcasts.